forever. Amen. Amen. Ecclesiastes 3, chap, uh, verses 1 through 8. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So we'll turn now uh, to the sermon and uh, uh, take a few minutes to reflect on what Don has for us today. Well, good morning, Greenwich. Thank you for the opportunity to speak remotely as I am preparing this message in advance of Sunday, as we have a number of family uh, coming in town for my mother's funeral service uh, on Saturday. Uh, and thanks to the elders for uh, granting this arrangement. Uh, trust that it will work out well and will not be distracting. And speaking of distractions, as I'm speaking from my basement, where, as many of you will know, this is where I record the Basement Academy. So if the message does wander a little bit for you, perhaps you can look at the items on the shelf and uh, uh, keep, keep some interest. And I want to say thanks also to Eric uh, for these past four weeks, for uh, the great exposition of God's Word and the parable of the sower. Who knew back in February when we were planning the preaching schedule this way that Eric would preach these four weeks? That was intentional, and he chose the parable of the sower uh, to unpack it this way. Who knew in February what the month of April was going to unfold like? And so thank you, Eric, for uh, bringing God's word to us. I love the way you've unpacked and kind of unfolded uh, the, the parable uh, in four successive Sundays. There's something about lingering with a passage, I think that helps to get us, helps us know uh, God's word and God's uh, heart a little bit better. I think it's the difference between going to a dinner party and just greeting some people with a hi, how are you, and, and just a quick exchange of pleasantries versus sitting and going in depth with someone. It's that conversation that, that is so rich. And so sometimes we preach on a Sunday morning and it's kind of just a greeting. <laughs> And, and I love the way we're able to linger with the passage these past four weeks. You know, parables are sneaky things, and Jesus intended them to be so. They're simple stories that, that carry, are carried through a word picture. A farmer going out to scatter some seed, and some falls on a path, and some on a rock, and some in some thorns, and some on good soil. You can tell the story in a second. And you tell the story, and it's over, and you move on. 
But like seed, right, very intentionally, like seed, that story disappears, like the seed, it goes under the ground, and you forget about it until, whoop, a few days later, something pops up. There's new life. There's something happening there. That seed has transformed. And so the parables function that way. And the parable of the sower has popped up in my thinking in some new ways this past week. And so I want to share with you three sprouts, <laughs> trying to stay with the, the, the metaphor, stay with the image. Three sprouts, the way the parable of the sower has continued to linger in my own thinking. The first is this, is the parable of the sower a simple retelling of the creation story and more importantly, the story of the fall? I think I began to think about this two weeks ago when we talk about the thorny ground and I, in our pastoral conversation, said, I remember a story that had some thorns in it. After Adam and Eve sinned, they, God said, by the sweat of your brow, you will till the soil and it will bring forth thorns and thistles. And so the mention of the thorny ground got me thinking that. But then this past week about bearing fruit, Eric leaned into that and he read other passages about bearing fruit. And I remembered that same story, <laughs> the creation story, God said to the man and woman, be fruitful and multiply. And then there is that bird, those birds that peck at the seed on the path. There is the devil, Jesus interpreted, it's the devil who pecks away at the word of God. And I remembered in the story, in the beginning, there was a serpent who came and pecked away or poked away or attacked the word of God. Did God really say that? And so the serpent, the devil, introducing doubt, poking at the word of God. And then, of course, the sad reality is Adam and Eve heard the word of God, but did not hold it fast. Mm. If they'd have listened to God, you may eat of any tree of the garden except that one. If they had listened and obeyed, if they'd have heard that word and held it fast and lived, the fall never would have happened. Sin, sorrow, tragedy, death, destruction never would have happened. Hmm. And so I've been wondering, is the parable of the sower just an echo of, or has this illusion, a retelling of the ancient creation and fall story? But the heart of it is, all God wants for us is to be fruitful. That's all God has ever wanted for the human family. Be fruitful and multiply. Now, we typically hear that command to Adam and Eve, the first command, of course, <laughs> to the human family. We, we hear that as the call to procreation, to have a family. It is certainly that, but it is so much more than that. Be fruitful in your family relationships. Be fruitful in your labor. Be fruitful in building a society, a community what we call the cultural mandate, have dominion over the earth, rule over the birds of the air, the animals of the field and the fish of the sea. This call to the human family to build, to grow, uh, to develop for God's glory. That's all God has ever wanted for us. And the means are still the same. As Jesus tells the parable, he's just retelling the story. Hear the word of God. Adam, hear this and believe it and live according to this command. 
Our first psalm, Psalm 1, captures the same reality. Blessed is the one who meditates on God's word day and night. He or she shall be like a tree planted by streams of water, which does what? It will bear fruit and its leaf will not wither. Whatever he or she does will prosper. And so hearing God's word, meditating on God's word, holding God's word fast is the means by which we prosper. We bear fruit for God's glory. In Deuteronomy, that book of the Bible that comes after the 40 years of wilderness wanderings, they've left Egypt 40 years earlier Moses has reminded the people of God, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. Hear, O Israel, live according to these commands. Deuteronomy chapter 8 is where we read, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. It's where Moses is reminding the people God led us into the desert to test us because we didn't hear and obey. Forty years earlier, God had said, go take the land. He led them out of Egypt. Uh, they'd gone through the Red Sea. God had delivered them powerfully and majestically. Now go take the land of promise that I promised to Abraham so many years ago. And the spies came back and 10 of them said, we are like grasshoppers and they are like giants. The people refused to hear the word of God and hold it fast and to believe and to obey that. Jesus in John 15, we heard this last week. Abide in me and let my words abide in you and you will bear much fruit for the Father's glory. God only wants us to bear fruit. That, that's his intention for creating us, that we would live fruitful, flourishing lives. And the means of that are so very simple. Hear, hold fast, believe, live according to that, obey, and enjoy this life. And so I've been musing on that. Is the parable of the sower just retelling the old, old story? Second sprout, the, the parable has been doing in my life, comes from uh, Mark's uh, version, Mark's uh, rendering of the parable of the sower. The good soil represents those who hear the word of God and accept it. Now that word accept is, is well translated, but it, it also could be translated, the same word in Greek could be translated to hear the word of God and to welcome it, to accept also could be translated welcome. Accept to me sounds a little passive. I hear that. I, I accept that. Yeah, I accept that. that. That seems a little passive. But to hear the word of God and welcome it, that has a, a more active connotation, at least to me. I, I don't know. Perhaps you will hear it that way also. The good soil represents those who hear the word of God and welcome it. That word welcome also carries the notion of hospitality. Ooh, that pushes us in new directions. Blessed are those who hear the word of God. The good soil represents those who hear the word of God and show hospitality to it. Ooh, I like that. That's what I've been thinking about as we are preparing our home to show hospitality to our family and friends who will be gathering this weekend. 
And in so doing, it's not just the opening of the door, but it's the preparations beforehand. We've gone through the house and we've vacuumed and we've dusted and we've rearranged and set things in order and we've made sure that the sheets on the beds are changed and we make sure the refrigerator is stocked so that when our family and friends come, we can give proper attention to them. We can make space for them, make them comfortable. Make yourself at home, we say, right? That's hospitality. Make yourself at home. What would it be like to tell God, I want your word to make itself at home in my life? Oh, that we open new places for us, that we, we dust up the rooms of our heart. Lord, may your word find good space in my life. May I give attention to your word, not because who, who invites somebody into your home and then neglects them? <laughs> you welcome them in and say, hey, I'm going to run off for the next couple hours and play around a golf. Make yourself at home. I don't think so. We properly attend to, we're in conversation with, we enjoy telling the stories with our, our guests. So, so the second sprouting that the parable of the sower has uh, brought about in my life is this reflection how can I show greater hospitality to the word of God? How can I give more attention to it and more room for it in my life? The third sprouting is this, and it ties back to our reading for the, from, for the morning from uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 3. There was a time for everything, uh, every season and activity under, under heaven. There was a time to plant and a time to uproot. And so the planting, the time of planting is upon us, right? It's the springtime. And so the time of planting, as I understand it, I, we don't have a garden uh, per se. Um, we have some shrubs and whatnot, but we don't plant a garden each year. I'm certainly not a farmer, nor do I play one on TV. <laughs> but I lived in a farming community for the first church I served in Halstead, Kansas, and and I would say Noakesville, around the church, uh, we have farms. And in my understanding, the farmer doesn't just plant. They plow before they plant. And, and they let fields lay fallow at times to let the soil replenish itself. And then they plow or they break up the fallow ground. That's the language of our call to worship this morning. Break up the fallow ground. Till that soil, prepare the soil before you plant. So there is a time to plant, but there is a time to prepare for the planting. And sometimes the preparing for planting involves some uprooting, pulling out the weeds that are there. And so I found myself thinking in the parable of the sower, when we hear God's word, that's the time of planting. God is wanting to plant in us his word, his truth, his life. And so we would wisely prepare ourselves before that planting. Put differently, you stretch before you go exercise or go compete or play a game. You warm up, lawn warms up the choir with some vocal exercises before they sing. You assemble your tools and your materials before you go build or engage in a project. And so you Clear the ground, you prepare the soil before you plant. So how can we 
better prepare the soil of our hearts before we hear God's word. How do you go to bed Saturday night? Do you go to bed late and do you go to bed a little little hurried or a little scurried? Do you get to bed early enough so that you can be rested so that you can wake up Sunday morning refreshed and alert? Now, we preachers, Saturday night is a school night for us. I joke with folks all the time when we are engaged in a social outing. Saturday night's a school night, so we might have to, you know, kind of uh, leave a little early. As important as it is for preachers to be well-rested for Sunday morning so they can give attention to God's Word and leading worship, as important is the worshiper, the congregant who comes to hear God's Word, to give attention to God in worship. And so how can we better prepare the soil of our lives to receive the planting of God's Word that He would have on Sunday mornings or on a Bible study that you engage in during the week. And so as we go to rest on Saturday, to go to rest at a reasonable hour and to pray before we go to bed, Lord, give me good rest tonight that I may wake refreshed, that I may hear your word. And then in our Sunday morning prayers before coming to church, I hope you do pray before coming. God, prepare me to hear your word. Till the soil of my heart Help me be alert to the word you want to speak to me today. And then to believe that word is going to be planted deep. Because as you till the soil, it's so that the seed doesn't only go just a little bit in. You till the soil deeply so that seed can find root. And so perhaps part of the tilling of the soil and preparing of the soil is to uproot certain habits of our lives. To pay attention Saturday night if we're prone to staying up late or engaging in um, you know, social gatherings, I welcome that, I encourage that. But to be thoughtful, and maybe there's habits of our lives that we want to, to tease out, that we would have Sunday morning be part of a, a preparatory time. Plant your word deep in us. And so the, the hymn that uh, will be sung after the message, speak, O Lord. Here's the opening line. Speak, O Lord, as we come to you to receive the food of your holy word. Take your truth, plant it deep in us. Shape and fashion us in your likeness that the light of Christ might be seen today in our acts of love and our deeds of faith. Speak, O Lord, and fulfill in us all your purposes for your glory. That sounds like be fruitful <laughs> for the glory of God. And so these are three sproutings, three ways that the parable of the sower has been working on me or in me. And as I've gone throughout this uh, past couple of weeks, but these past couple of days in particular, some questions. Is this the retelling of the old story and a reminder that all God wants for us is to be fruitful. And he wants us to hear and hold his word in our lives. And then how can I make more room for that? How can I welcome it better and show greater hospitality to the word of God? And how can I prepare the soil of my heart for God's truth to be planted deep in me? A few thoughts that I can then hand over for pastoral conversation uh, after we pray. Let us pray. 
Father, thank you for the goodness of your word, and we do ask that you would plant it deep in us and that we would make greater room and show greater hospitality and attentiveness to it. And Lord, we ask that your word would bear fruit for your glory and for the strengthening and flourishing of our lives. Make it so, O Lord, as we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, the living word, even our Lord and Savior. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Friends, thank you and look forward to seeing you again soon. Well, what a good word. Uh, thankful for Don's uh, message today and gives us much to think about and talk about. And uh, Ty and I have had a chance to, we had a chance to, to listen to it earlier and it's good to kind of hear the same word again and think about um, reflecting on the parable of the sower, but also on this word from Ecclesiastes about the different times for everything. And, and Don raised three main points. He talked about the parable of the sower as a retelling of that Genesis 3 story or sort of the story of Scripture that um, the parable of the, so- of the sower is evident in different places in Scripture, this idea of, of planting uh, and cultivating soil and uh, getting ready for the Word of God. And he talked about showing the idea of showing hospitality to the Word of God in our hearts, so thinking of it as a welcoming act and also preparing the soil. And those last two... Uh, kind of connect together, and I'm sort of curious, Ty, uh, I'll ask you a question first. Um, where have you seen this idea of welcoming the Word of God into your heart or pre- preparing the soil of your heart evident in your life or maybe in the lives of other people around you? So places where you've seen people do this well or where your heart's been, been cultivated in different ways? Did yeah, you know um, well, I want to say thank you for this extended reflection um, on the parable of the sower. Yeah. Um, it's actually been something that I've been thinking about for a few months, um, along with uh, John chapter 15, when a, mm-hmm. a friend ch- kind of challenged me on what is the fruit you were bearing in your life. And um, I appreciated this, um, this image of, of welcoming, um, of inviting um, the word. Uh, and one, uh, it brought to mind a story I heard in our, our men's Bible study on um, Thursday night. Um, Lon mentioned that there was a choir that went to um, China, and they were going to sing, and, and then they had prepared and, and everything, and they showed up to the church, and all the people were already there singing, and they were just mortified, like, we're late, oh my goodness, we missed our, our opportunity, what, what, what happened, we thought it was this time? Well, it turned out they, they weren't late, it was just that everyone in the church showed up an hour early to learn the hymns because it was so important for them to know exactly how to sing the song because they're bringing honor to God with these songs and preparing their, their, their hearts to receive the message, whatever it was going to you know, follow with the service. Wow, so they're practicing, kind of practicing to get ready to be able to worship God well. Yeah, uh, wow, that's... and then yeah, thinking about how, you know, <laughs> contrasting to you know, my normal approach, which is you know, getting here two minutes after the service starts and rushing around the house, you know, just, <laughs> all right, we're here, now I can breathe, I'm at church, you know, but, but right. yeah, taking that time um, to approach uh, worship and then also scripture reading, you know, in, in the same way. Is, is it something that I look at as a burden or is it something that, wow, I get to read the word of God today. God helps, mm-hmm. you know, speak to me in this moment. Mm-hmm. And something you're actively involved in as opposed to something that you're receiving. It's actually something that you're putting into, right? Mm-hmm. Right. That's good. Yeah.
And I was thinking, you know, when you're um, hosting a party or something, it is work involved, so there, you are doing something, mm -hmm. right? But there's usually, like, underneath it all, a sense of excitement of what's going to come, or you're, it's kind of like a happy work. It's not yeah. supposed to just be this slogging through. Um, so Yeah, when you're showing hospitality, I was thinking about that, when you're showing hospitality to guests in your home or you're preparing for a, an event or a family gathering or something like that, there's a joy to that, right? It's, it's hard and there's tasks to be accomplished and there's parts of it that aren't easy, but hopefully, if it's a good gathering, then your heart is in it, right? And I think that that's a, a really helpful way to think about it as opposed to um, you know, the garden illustration, sometimes we don't love digging in the garden, right? We don't love the, the physical work. But that idea of showing hospitality, um, there's a joy in the work that's being done um, that ought to characterize the way that we approach preparing our hearts for the Word of God and, and trying to study Scripture and pray and learn these practices of what it means to follow Him. That's really good. Um, any other thoughts, or did you want to... um, Well, yeah, so one other thing that, like, stuck out to me, yeah. um, we're talking about tilling up the soil, and I think that's, like, a really helpful metaphor, because, like, when you till up soil, what are you doing? You're, you're flipping it over, and, and you're breaking it up, Yeah. right? And so it, it's caused, you know, me to reflect, okay, um, well, 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 why do you do it? You do it because the soil's hard, right? You right. can't get the seed down. So it's like, what are the areas in my life that are hard that need to be tilled up? Hmm. And... Um, you know, initially before this series, I kind of thought, well, that, that, that's hard work. That's hard for me to go into those areas and do that. But I, I think the first step is to realize I can't till up my own soil. You know, that's mm. the work of the Spirit. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to be able to produce my own fruit either. That's mm. going to be the work of the Spirit. So it's, you know, step one is kind of just surrendering. Say, well, you know, what can I give up to you, God? What am I holding that's hard in my heart that I can put my trust in you mm -hmm. and be willing to obey and let your Spirit do that work mm -hmm. in my life. So I appreciate that imagery of that, that tilling the soil. Yeah, I think that that's a really uh, helpful point that the, the way into this life of discipleship requires more than we have in and of ourselves. Um, if there's one thing that the story of Scripture has taught us, it is that no people, no individual person and no group of people, if you look at the history of the nation of Israel, is able to follow God fully and to bear fruit on their own. Whenever the law is put in place and God says, keep this law, what do people do? We sin and we fall short of the glory of God. And so we need God's intervention in our lives in order for us to bear fruit. And so that's why I really appreciated uh, Don's drawing us back to that Genesis 3 story, because um, all of us participate in that creation and then fall from grace and then being lifted up by Jesus Christ, which is the end of the story of Scripture, right? So that old, old story of creation, fall, redemption gets retold in every single one of our lives as we come to God. And so when you apply it to that idea of planting in the soil, the same thing is true. We need the Spirit of God, as you said, to, to help us break up the soil of our hearts, to even see the places in us that are hardened. And we need to also actively participate in it ourselves. So we have work to do in the sense of studying Scripture and trying to understand and being together with other believers. But um, God works within us to prepare our hearts for the soil. Then we take the soil in, but then there's more work to be done with the weeding 
uh, and the uprooting of things and the, the prioritizing the things of God in our life. We need the Spirit of God to intervene in that. And then ultimately, when plants bear fruit, it is a miracle, right? When a plant bears fruit, when, when you see, put that little seed in the ground and it turns into this big plant that then bears something good to eat, that is a miracle in and of itself. And that is what the Word of God does in us. The, the mystery of Jesus Christ coming and intervening and making a way for us to bear fruit uh, brings glory to God because it is something that we cannot do on our own, right? So uh, appreciate this word and, and the reminder of Ecclesiastes 3, uh, that there's a time for everything in our lives because uh, life comes at us. There is a time for joy and a time for sorrow and a time for all these activities under heaven. And yet what remains is our need to plant the word of God in our hearts and to kind of open us up to make room for him, to be able to speak his word into our lives to bear fruit. And so uh, the hymn that we're going to sing in just a moment um, speaks to that idea, uh, and Don mentioned it, uh, he, he read a, a passage from it, Speak, O Lord, um, this idea of preparing room in our hearts for God to intervene. So let me pray for us to that end, and then uh, we'll turn to the Lord in song as a prayer. Lord, thank you for your word, and once again, the way that it has um, taught and instructed and deepened our understanding of what it means to follow you. And we confess that we are not able to bear fruit on our own. And so we ask once again that the Spirit of God would intervene, um, bring refreshment to the soil of our hearts, um, break up the hard places, the places where we are not welcoming to you or to other people, um, soften us with your grace and mercy and love, and bear fruit in our lives in accordance with what Jesus Christ has done. Make us more and more like you, that we can bring glory to you and be a blessing to people around us. And we pray that more and more um, would be added to the kingdom of God, that you would plant your word in the hearts of other people as they see and live among the people of God who are following you. And pray that, that in a small way, our community here would be a part of that. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and